Hey, Oasis Church Chicago, Pastor JP here. Hey, we're so glad that you're joining with us on our podcast today. I pray today that this message stirs your faith, that it builds you up, that it draws you closer to the Father's heart, and ultimately that you just feel the embrace of heaven. We would love to stay connected with you and you to stay connected with us. So please feel free to check us out on our website, oasischurchchicago.com, or download our app, Oasis Church Chicago. Also, you can be sure to join with us on our live stream on our YouTube page every Wednesday night and Sunday morning. Now here's today's message. His heaven on earth. This is the series over the next four weeks that we're going to be in, in Advent. Advent is such a powerful time of, of looking back and also with great anticipation, look ahead to what God's going to do. Jesus' return. Amen? So, so this week I have the, the, the privilege of, of preaching on hope, and we're going to get to that. But I just want to set us up just for a few moments in this series. Why His Heaven on Earth? This has actually been the title of this season for us as a church the last two years, three years, and we're back at it again because I really believe as we head into a new year, this is actually in the church calendar. This is the first day of the new year. Did you know that? This is the first day in the church calendar, in the, church, the, 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 the global church. This is the first day. So we are, I know we're not in January 1st, but we're looking ahead and believing for what God's going to do. I believe in that jump of this year that I believe the Lord really wants to pour out himself upon his church. I need some faith this morning. The Lord really wants to move in his bride. The Lord really wants to see a move of him in the city, not just in the church, but in the city where the lost are found, the broken are made whole. He wants to do it. His heaven on earth. So in this Advent season, we're with great anticipation awaiting that arrival of Jesus, but also remembering that he has come. That's what Advent means. It means arrival. It, mean, it, means, it means looking at that arrival. So we stop. We pause, we take some time these four weeks, and we say, thank you, Jesus, that you have come. Oh, but thank you, Jesus, that in your coming, you encouraged us and told us and commanded us to believe that your kingdom will come now on earth as it is in heaven. The fullness of the kingdom will come when he returns, but it's a kingdom of now and yet to come. Are you hearing me? We believe this in this church. So we, we, we act, can, I, can I just teach a quick theology of our church? We believe that heaven can come to earth today. If we don't believe that, then why would Jesus tell us to pray like that? It's not because it's good jargon or good, Jesus sounds like really cool on prayer. Like this is a great prayer lesson. Pray this way, guys. And then do it and give it to us and be like, I didn't mean, he means it. He wants to see the inbreaking of his kingdom now in this hour, in this city, in your homes, in your families, in your marriage. He wants to see it happen now. And he's given us access to actually believe for it now. Heaven come to earth now. Are you hearing me? How many of you want to see heaven come to earth? We want to, we want to believe for a breaking in. Jesus prays that prayer in Matthew 6. He says, Lord, let your kingdom come. Let, let your will be done. Let, 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 let what is being said in the heavenlies be done here on this earth. Let, let, let what is on your books happen and unfold here on this earth. He, he, he's going to return and all things will be made right. All things will be made right. And I can't wait for that day. But right now, we should be the most hope-filled people on the planet. We should be the most joy-filled people on the planet. We should be the most loving people on the planet. We should be the most peace-filled people on the planet. Are you hearing me? This is the story of the gospel. Heaven come. Heaven come and move in my heart and move in our city. Move in this hour. Why is it not happening? Is God missing the mark? 
I don't think God's, God's missed it. I think we as the church are getting called up right now to actually believe for it more and to see it happen more, to see his rule and reign come. Are you hearing me? Okay, some of you, I can see your faces. When you came to Jesus, when you came and accepted him as Lord and Savior, you recognize that he died, he was raised to life three days later, he's seated on the throne, he's the son of God, and he became Lord of your life. We say this often, but our lives ended. And now we co-labor with Jesus. We are now disciples of Jesus. If you are trying and striving to do your thing and trying to make it work on your own, you are missing the mark of a true disciple of Jesus. A disciple of Jesus says, Lord, you want to see your kingdom come? I'll do it. However, however you're asking me, I'll do it. Lord, you want to see your kingdom come in my neighbor? I'm going to love my neighbor. Lord, you want to see your kingdom come in my workplace through me? I'll be that vessel because my life is dead. I am a dead man walking in grace. And I'm believing that your kingdom come. I, I want to see words of life spoken. I want to see healings and signs and wonders happen because that's what he's about. So if he's about it then, he's still about it now. And he wants to work through us to see it happen. Are you listening? Let your kingdom I don't want to just intellectually agree with that statement. I don't want to just read Jesus's words and prayer in Matthew 6 and be like, that's, sound, that's great. How many, how many of you want to see it? Lord, we want to see it. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're, we're, we're filled with great anticipation. Filled with great anticipation. In Jesus' name. So this is what we're doing this week. Amen? Oh, oh, open up your Bibles to, to Mark 13. Thanks. Like Pastor Josh said, over the next four weeks, you're going to be hearing on the topics of Advent. But today, I want to, I want to kick us off with hope. Um, Mark 13. Uh, let, let me say this. This is, um, this is a very interesting passage of Scripture. Interesting in the, in, the, in the frame, but let me say that differently. This is a very significant passage of Scripture. It's very profound. It's very important. And it was interesting that the Lord, uh, we were talking about what to preach, and I went to the first day of the year, this year's calendar, in the church calendar, and this was the verse for this week. It's interesting that this verse is the verse for this week, but I think in this hour, and what I mean by this hour, this moment of time, like this hour this is so important for us as the church to catch and grab a hold of in this season, too specifically of Advent. Hope. Hope defined as this. It's, it's an expectation, confidence, anticipation. How many of you have an expectation and a confidence and anticipation that God is moving and wants to continue to move, right? Like, right, right? I, I think my personal definition of hope is this. It's an anticipation of good because he's good. Hope is not wishful thinking, and wishful thinking is not hope. It's a good word, Pastor. Amen. Simple but true. Hope is not wishful thinking, right? Some of us are going to wish that maybe the Bears can pull it out. <laughs> Guys, their season's done. Just pray for next year. Like, we wish that we can do this or wish, but when you have hope, it's going, no, I'm confident because he's really good. I know who he is, that I'm going to be steadfast, and I'm going to be secure, and I'm going to anticipate good things because he's a really good father. We've been preaching a lot. I've been preaching a lot. It's like, I feel like it's becoming my life's mission to declare the goodness of God. 
Because I've tasted it, I've seen it, I've experienced it, I'm experiencing it now in ways I can't even fathom or understand and he's a really good God and so what hope does is hope builds up with anticipation that he's really good and I'm going to see good things happen and not only in our lives but in yours so that's hope Mark Mark 13 Jesus is talking so um, if you want to know more about God get to the words of Jesus he's good theology Mark 13 Read this whole passage, chapter, when, when you get home today and throughout this week. Can I tell you, church, this is, just, this is just a word of encouragement. Read your Bibles. Love your word. Like, read your Bibles. Don't, if you come in and this is the first time you've read your Bible all week, you're going to be stale. <laughs> read the word. Go home and read the word that I'm preaching on today and, and chew on it and dissect it and, and get it in yourself. Because here's the thing, it's alive. It's alive. This thing is alive and it's active and it might speak to you one way today and it might speak to you another way tomorrow. Do you hear me? So just take that encouraged and be encouraged. All right, Mark 13, verse 32. But about that day, talking of the day and the hour unknown, but about that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven nor the son, but only the father. Be be on guard. Uh, be alert. The, the, the translation we have on there is be on guard. Keep awake. Keep awake. For, for you do not know when the time will come. Verse 34, it is, it is like a man going on a journey, and when he leaves home and puts his servants in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to stay awake. Therefore, stay awake. Do you think Jesus is trying to say something here? He's saying stay awake. Stay awake, stay awake, be alert, stay awake. For, for you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening or at midnight or when the rooster crows or in the morning, lest he come suddenly and find you asleep. And what I say to you, I say to all. So he's talking to disciples, but he says, what I'm saying to you, disciples, I'm saying to all. Who's the all? Stay awake. Stay awake. Stay awake. Some of you are sleeping right now. Stay awake. Right? This is the word of Jesus. This is before he goes to the cross, and he's talking about the days ahead after, what it's going to look like in the hours and the days that are to come. Right? Stay awake. Hold on to hope. When, when Rachel went into labor with Titus, um, as, as you know, for first-time parents, you, I mean, I didn't have a clue what's going on. Full transparency, I didn't know what to do. <laughs> Rachel was super calm, cool, collected, knew what to do. I had no idea what to do. But the reality is this, is that she, she <laughs> we thought that she was going into labor on, on, a, on a Sunday morning, and I actually came to church and preached, and we thought the process was starting, and then it extended through Sunday, and it, and it went through Monday, and then by Monday night, that's when the process is like, we're in this. We're in this. Well, she's in this. I'm just in it with her. <laughs> and and, and I, 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 like, the reality is this, is like, I didn't, I didn't really sleep that Sunday night because I'm like, is she all right? Is she all right? Is she all right? Is she all right? Right, right, right. Like, it's like, there's this anticipation that my son's coming, right? My child is coming, and, and I can't wait to meet this little guy. It's, it's going to be weird, and I'm going to hold my son and look at him and be like, this is so weird, but I can't wait. 
And so Sunday night happens, we wake up Monday, and, and truth be told, by Monday morning at nine, I'm probably already seven coffees deep. Monday morning. Monday morning. We, we had Titus Monday, late night, Tuesday, mid, middle of the night, right? Tuesday, middle of the night. Monday morning, I'm seven in. Are you tracking with me? Middle of the afternoon, I'm a couple more in. <laughs> Nighttime, a couple more in. And then it happens, and it's like <laughs> a funny side story. Me and, me and my cousin, John Mark, we went out and got Popeyes. <laughs> we come back from Popeyes, and she's like, guys, this is happening. Mark, you need to leave. It's like, okay, brother Mark, bless you. This is, <laughs> this is the story of our lives. <laughs> so Monday night happens. We, we call her parents. They come, and they drive us to the hospital room. And we get in there, and the process happens. But as Dad, I, I know she's doing all the work and insane. I, it's insane. I am so like anticipating the arrival. I, I can't, I can't like stop. I'm, I'm like pacing the room. I'm, I'm like asking her if she's okay. What do you need? What do you need? What do you need? She's like, I feel like at one point she's like, sit down. I'm like, what do you need? Like, whatever you need. But then by like middle of the night, Monday, Monday night into Tuesday, all those coffees stop fading very quickly to the point where I'm like hyped and I'm starting to do this. Now don't judge me, I'm not doing anything, I'm not doing, I know it, I get it. Are you, are you, you're like how dare he judge, I can't believe he's falling asleep, what is he doing? I know, but I was falling asleep. So I knew I needed to stay awake. And this is right before Titus comes and I was like babe, I'll be right back, <laughs> be right back. And I run out and I'm looking through this hospital for the nearest coffee shop. And glory be to God, what felt like a mile away, truly a mile away from our delivery room, was the Dunkin' Donuts. Now that is the, that is, um, that doesn't have the full anointing of God on it. <laughs> but it has a level of anointing that I needed in that hour. And I remember coming back with much anticipation, trying to stay awake because I didn't want to miss it. <laughs> I come back and Rachel's doctor's standing in the hallway, kind of where the back door is, and she's standing there like this. And I'm walking back like, we ready? She's like, where have you been? I was like, she's like, get in here now, the baby's coming. I was like, the baby's coming right now? She's like, we've been waiting on you. Waiting on me? Why waiting on me? I have nothing to do here. She's like, oh no, you have something to do here. And, she, and it turned out to be me, nurse, and doctor. We did it, guys. <laughs> we did it. We did it, babe. <laughs> I was so excited. I couldn't sleep. I, I didn't want to miss it. I know it's my son, but like, man, I, I didn't want to miss the moment. I had such anticipation in my heart that it was like, man, I'm so excited to see this man that I would do anything I had to do, kill my stomach with coffee for two days if I had to do it, to stay awake. Now, I know that's like a funny, but it's the reality that's being asked of the church in this hour. It's actually, dare I say, I feel like the Lord is really on this prophetic moment where he's saying, this is the hour where I'm looking around, I'm, I'm roaming around in heaven, I'm looking for people that are awake. I'm looking for a church that's awake. 
Not, not fallen asleep, but awake and alive and eagerly anticipating with hope in their hearts for a move of me. Eagerly anticipating a hope in their hearts for the return of me. I, I believe the Lord. I, I've been with the Lord. I know the Lord. I've, I've walked with the Lord. And I believe in this hour he's looking and he's going, can I find anyone that's holding on to hope? That's staying awake in this hour. That's not found themselves asleep. If you find yourself asleep today, there's good news coming, I promise. But he's going like, in this moment, can you find yourself faithful to him? Hope's powerful. It's a powerful thing. And, and to be frank, the world is trying to fill us with all sorts of hope. Hello? This is interactive. Do, do you know that? The world will give gimmicks. The world will give false narratives of hope. Oh, if you reach this status, you've arrived. If you hit this number, you've made it. If you get this amount of followers, you're successful. It's crazy that we got people saying that they're leaders because of Instagram. What the mess? Anyways, that should have stayed in here. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a facade in so many ways. If you can have this relationship, and hear me, the Lord desires godly relationships. He, he desires it. But it's like if I hit this, if I grab a hold of this, if I can have this, that's when I will feel satisfied. And the reality is it's, it's, just, it's, a, it's a rat race. It's just it's the wheel. And we're just spinning our wheels. When all along, the one that is hope, Jesus, is standing here going, will you come be found in me and stay awake and look at me? Because when you stay awake in me, you'll have everything you need. I'm not just here to preach a message of like firing us up, but I'm going to preach a message of some hope today because the reality is he is hope. And he's the real hope. He's the true hope. He's the, he's the only one that I know <laughs> that can take the worst person in a moment. I've watched it, guys. I've watched him go, oh, you think that there's nothing left for you? You think you've done too much? You think you're so far from me? You think you're too addicted to something? You think you've spent too many days doing the wrong things? You think you've been in the gutter for too long? Hey, guess what? I'm hope, Jesus says. And you could come right now, and he comes, and he bathes people's lives in a second, and people that were so far come back so clean in one moment because he is hope. That's real hope. He's hope. And he's saying in this hour, he's like, he's like listen, will you stay awake? In this moment of passage of Scripture, Jesus is, is talking about what's to come, but he's, he's actually really concerned about the responsibilities of the present for the disciples. Did you hear me? We read this. I've read this all the time, like in the past, and I think he's just talking of what's ahead. He is. It's a both and. He's talking of the day and the hour to come when he will come, but he's also saying, hey, disciples, the present hour matters right now. Because, right, we know the story, but Jesus goes to a cross. He, they think he's done. They run. They flee. No one's there to see him on the cross. They're all like, we're done. We followed this man, and now he's, out, he's dead? Right? The, the, the trials and the tribulations that the disciples face post even Jesus coming to life. Insane and hard. Guys, we have it easy. Do you know that? You're like, well, you don't know my trial. We have it easy. I'm not discounting your trial, but 
These brothers were hung upside down, martyred. And so Jesus is like, listen, the hour will come where you'll face a lot of trials, but the hour also now is you need to be concerned about the present and you need to live in, live in hope in the present today. You need to be alive in hope today. Stay the course today. Stay awake today in me. He's not looking for us to have seven days of no sleep. He's looking for us to be found in him. Are you hearing? Be found in him. Because when we're found in him, hope rises up. Hope rises up. When you surrender yourself to Jesus, that's actually when hope gets to come in. What I, what I found about hope, and, and right, I'm just going to teach some stuff on hope. Like what I found about hope is it's really hard to have hope when you don't surrender to him. I have found that it's really hard to have hope in Jesus when I'm not surrendered to him. Because what I'm doing is I'm holding on to still what I want and not fully engaging with what he wants. And so if we say he's hope and he's the one that we need to grab a hold of, if I'm still holding on to me, I'm messed up. I'm not good, right? He's the one that puts his righteousness on me and makes me good in him. Are you with me? So, so it's going surrender actually brings in the light of hope. I can't tell you, I've been in situations and I'm like, why is my spirit so downcast? Anybody? Charge won't go with me on this. Like, why am I so like, ugh. And he's such a good shepherd. You guys gotta know this. He's a really good shepherd. And he actually desires for his sheep to know his voice. You're not, some of you think you're not able to hear his voice. That's not true. He wants his sheep to know his voice. And so I'll ask him, Lord, what's, what's going on here? Did I do something? Is there, some, is there something I'm not giving to you? And, and I know you all want the picture of the good, kind shepherd. And he's like, yes, come here, JP, let me love on you. Oh, JP, you're so good. That's not how he talks to me sometimes. <laughs> and if he talks to you like that all the time, go back and ask him to talk to you in a different way. <laughs> um, he goes, no, you actually are holding on to control. So you can't have me and have hope in your heart deep if you're still trying to control what's going on here. Can I bring it to a tangible example? I'm so freed from something as of like the last couple months. This is his church. This is his church. He's actually the one that builds his church. Are you, this, this is just a personal. Are you guys all right? Like, he builds his church. Yes, I'm a co-laborer with him, and yes, I'm an under-shepherd to him. Yes, all the above. I have to lead. We have to make decisions. we got to make sure things are, yes, this is his church. So you know what he said? You have no hope because you're trying to lead the church. I said, but I'm, I'm the guy. He's like, you're not the guy. <laughs> you're not the guy. He said, Jay, I can use anybody. You're super replaceable. I said, no, Lord. <laughs> But isn't that the truth? This is his church. And so, so, so when I can surrender that to him, you know what I have for this church? Hope. I have such a deep hope for what God's doing, going to do, yet to do, because I'm surrendered to him. And so when surrender comes, it, it actually surges a great measure of hope. I'm telling you guys, some of you are hopeless for your marriage. Surrender it to him. Fast and pray into it with him. Some of you are hopeless for, for your current job situation and finance situation. I'm serious. He, he's concerned about that stuff. Surrender it to him. Come under his control. 
Some of you are so concerned about calling and what you're supposed to do and where you're supposed to go. Surrender it to him and watch hope come in. Are you, are you with me? I heard it said once is that hope positions us for, for surrender. See, it's a, it's a, right? when you know how good he is, you surrender. And when you surrender, you receive hope from him. It's a, it's a, it's, it works in tandem. Hopelessness, though, removes from my awareness the beauty of sacrifice. Hopelessness robs me of an, of an awareness of why we obey. When I have hope in my heart, I, I, I'm, I'm quicker to obey. I'm quicker to obey because I know the outcomes are good. Because why? He's good. Is this helping you today? Looking ahead, anticipating in this Advent season, knowing he's really good and saying, you know, I, I want to put my hope in that. I don't want to open the hustle and bustle. I mean, man, shout out to the kids on yesterday for taking our kids in the Candyland camp. It was awesome. But Rachel and I went and had some time together and we went shopping and it, we, we were trying to buy each other Christmas gifts. This is just the thing we do. And I was like, I was like this is, the, the mall is just nuts. Nuts. I, I, I was in one point in the store and I was just like, I gotta get out of here. I love people, but I don't love people this much. It's a nuts, it's a season of hustle and bustle and running and getting on the flights and getting to this place and that place. It's the reality. I, I, think, it's, I think it's so God to say, stop in this season and start to put your eyes on the things that actually matter and anticipate really good things that are ahead because that's way more important than all the gifts and all the cookies being made and all the, the lights being hung. It's all special. Don't hear me. Like we, we have it all. But it's like, what really matters? Him. So I just want to give you three things that I found that hope does in, in my heart. Is that, is that okay? You got, you got your Bibles? Go back to Mark 13. What, I, what, I've, what I've learned in hope, I, I could preach on hope for a, a lot, but I'll just give you these three things. You know what, what I've learned about hope is that when I hold on to hope, when, I, when I'm awake in hope, I don't worry about tomorrow. How many of you worry about tomorrow? Don't show your hands. <laughs> We all do it. I know some of you have already looked at your calendar for tomorrow, today. Right? No judgment here. Judgment-free zone. Just real quick, one of the things that I've done and I've gotten in trouble, Rachel's actually been like, you got to stop. I'm like, I can't. I don't look at my calendar for tomorrow till about 10 o'clock tonight. And then I realize, snap, I have a 7 a.m. meeting tomorrow. <laughs> She's like, do you not look at your calendar? I was like, No. <laughs> I've stopped. Might be bad leadership. I don't think so. You know why? Because I see the nine things on my calendar, and I go, oh, snap. And I forget that God's still in today, and that he has something for me to stay awake in today. Oh, this is good word. It's going to help. Olivia, can you come in just a moment? I've, I've realized that holding on to hope doesn't make me look ahead. It keeps me intentionally grounded in today in what he's doing. That's why Jesus, in these words, he's like, be on guard, keep awake. He's not talking about tomorrow. He's talking about right then and then, there and now. He's saying, stay awake today. For some of us in the room, we're like, I'll, I'll get after Jesus next week when the calendar calms down. I'll set up my time of devotions with Jesus a month from now when the season of travel's done. I'm just traveling too much. I can't get with the Lord. I've just been busy. That's a problem. I was on a plane for what felt like week in and week out for the last, I don't know, month it felt like. I was, I was, we were traveling like crazy. 
And I remember week two, I was just like, I, I feel like my heart's a little bit like, uh. and the Lord's like, yeah, it is. I'm like, can we ever just have a moment, Lord, where you're just so kind? He's like, because you've been traveling and saying like all the things, like, oh, just life's full. We've replaced life's full from busy. It's like full. And he's like, he's like, stop. Focus on today. Get with me today. Be with me today because you're so concerned about what's happening tomorrow. You're missing on what I have for you today. And if you fall asleep today, you'll be asleep tomorrow. I get the new mercies every day. I love it. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great thing to hold on to. But the Lord is not concerned this moment, right now, about you staying awake tomorrow. He's concerned about you getting awake today. Are you hearing me? He's cons- he, he will work in your tomorrow. That, that, that doesn't mean I don't prepare. Like I have meetings scheduled, right, from a tangible work. and doesn't mean that I don't pray into my tomorrow. doesn't mean that I don't pray into this next year. I pray and I, and I lift it up to the Lord, but I'm realizing that when I'm in a hope-filled state in my heart, I don't worry about what's to come because I'm standing guard today, knowing that he has something for me to do today and he has something to be seen with his heaven coming to earth today. And if I'm asleep today, I will miss it. This is good, yeah? It's going, man, I, I don't want to fall asleep. Because when you, when you worry about tomorrow, you, you fall asleep. And it produces hopelessness. It produces hopelessness. See, this walk of faith is day by day. You know that? It's day by day. It's not week by week. It's not month by month. It's day by day. This is practical Bible 101. This is practical Christianity 101. And so often in this generation, we get things so fast and we think we can figure it out so fast because we do. We have these little tools that are so fast, you can find anything. If I just said to, hey, hey Siri, right? It would turn on and it would tell me anything that I wanted to know in all the planet. I just turned on everybody's series. <laughs> That's so funny. Hey, Siri. <laughs> Everyone's shutting their phone off. <laughs> And so somehow this has creeped in into the church where it's like, I can do this tomorrow. I'll get on the plan with God tomorrow. And then you try to go tomorrow and you realize, ah, next day, the next. And he's like, no, you're asleep. It's time to wake up. It's time to wake up this day today. It's time to wake up this day today and watch hope rise. See, see, when we're, when we're asleep, the, the anxiety and the problems become a lot bigger than they actually are. Are you hearing me? I've realized how big I've made problems in my life and they're actually super small because of no hope. Imagine David standing before Goliath with no hope. Goliath looks a lot bigger. Hello? This is good. I'm, I'm, I'm almost done. Imagine Peter standing before the crowd in Acts going, I, have, I don't know what to do with these guys. Right? 2,000 plus people are standing out there and they're all like, you're drunk. He's like, I don't know what to do. Right? He's like, no, no, no. I I know what happened. I know what Jesus did. I I have hope in me. And he begins to preach one of the greatest messages and thousands of people get saved. Right? Stephen getting stoned to death because of his commitment to Jesus. He's literally getting rocks thrown at him and he's full of hope and he's looking up and going, Lord, I love you. Because he's awake. He's awake. Wake up, sleepers. He's coming. He's coming. But he has stuff for us to do today. Don't worry about tomorrow. Focus on today and get awake in the Lord today. 
Find your time with him today. Fight for the time with the Lord today because we do not need the hour of hopelessness robbing us any longer. He's alive. Did you hear me? He's alive. Hope produces, I love this, anticipation and not fear. Oh man, in this hour, church, we got some fear that's in the house of the Lord and we gotta go like, that's not of God. We, we say fear, we, we, we act, often act like we're operating in wisdom when it's actually fear. I've been guilty. Well, I don't know if the Lord wants to do that. Really, Jay? That, that's what I'm, this is what I'm about. You don't think I'm about what I'm about? You're just scared. Anybody? This is just a counseling session for pastor today, I guess. But when I have hope in my heart, and I ingest his words, and I know him, and I spend time with him, and my heart's tender. Oh, I got anticipation. I, I don't have fear. I have the promise that hope is going to work, that hope's going to rise. I, I have the, 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 the anticipation that when, when, I do, when, when someone comes, it's not me, it's not anything about me, it's all him. When someone comes and they're sick, that we can pray for them. And their bodies come to life. Do you believe that? Like, this is the Bible. I have hope in my heart that when I see fractured relationships and marriages, when they come into to hope and, and, and fear gets casted out because hope comes in and love comes in, right? And peace comes in and joy. When heaven comes in, I, I have hope and anticipation that there will be redemption because God works all things for the good. Hope builds, hope attracts, hope trusts, hope believes. Hope is, is, is anticipating the promises of God that they're for us today. This is good. Can we come up out of fear? Can we come up out of maybe I don't have what I, where, what I thought I should have or maybe I, I'm not where I want to be, but, but I got him and him, he's, he's hope and he's good and so I have everything I need in, in him. Well, what, am, what am I scared of? Dying? I died a long time ago. Did you die a long time ago? Did you die a long time ago when you came to Jesus? I got hope. So let me look like a nutcase sometimes. I don't care. I don't care. Because he's, he's so good. Oh, I love this. I don't have much time. Can I tell you, be careful of what you're ingesting. If you're stuck on news channels, probably get off. If you're stuck on social media more than you are in the Bible, get off. You want me to go there? You want me to come sit on your couch with you right now? Hey, how about this? How about I challenge? Maybe in the season of Advent, just get rid of all of it. And watch your ingestion of him transform your heart from hopelessness to hope. Watch your fear get broken in anticipation of God being really good happen. Because when you ingest his word, you can't help but just start to like, Woo! Maybe for some it's like, woo. But I'm telling you, when you ingest him, you, you start going from, and I'm, and I'm gonna be very frank, because I've learned that there are, there are moments when the Lord wants to work in you and it, there's a response that's a physical response to what's happening supernaturally. But when you have hope in your heart, you don't come into worship environments today when we're singing how holy he is and you do this. None of you. None of, I, I didn't see anybody do that today. When you have him and you know what he's doing, you can't help but maybe start to go like this. <laughs> maybe, 
where, hey, you know what, Lord, you're calling me to get on my knees. I will, I will fall down because you are so worthy. It's a, it's, it evokes a response in you because you know that there's much anticipation and hope. The Bible talks a lot about this. Are you ready? Can I read the Bible really fast? Translator, Josh, don't even, don't even. Psalm 71, 14. But as for me, I will always have hope. I will praise you more and more. Psalms 27, you should probably write these down. These are good. Psalms 27, one thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high upon the rock. I think that sounds like some hope. In the day of trouble, he will not keep you in there. He will actually set you on the rock. Psalms 27, I will remain confident. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart for him in him. Wait for the Lord. Hope. Psalm 71, in, in you, Lord, I've taken refuge. Let me never be put to shame. Be my rock of refuge to which I can always go. Give the command to save me for you are my rock and my fortress. Do you feel your spirit building a little bit? Just, just a little? I do. Oh, should I keep going? Oh, Proverbs 23, 18. There's surely a future hope for you and your hope will not be cut off. Some of you need to quote that every day. Proverbs 23, 18. There's surely a future hope for you and your hope will not be cut off. Romans 5, 5, I'll skip down. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. Romans 12, 12, be, be joyful in hope. Be joyful in hope. Romans 15, 4, for everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through endurance and encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. How does hope build in your heart? The Bible. Can I tell you? You are all responsible for the amount of hope you have in your heart. I am not, and I will not be found responsible for the amount of hope. Take accountability. Take, the, take, take it and, and actually start to cultivate heart, uh, hope in your heart. You are responsible for your hope. If your life feels like it's in the gutters, tell someone, get prayed for, start building hope. Well, I don't know what to do. We'll, at, we'll help you. We'll give you life. We'll encourage you. You are responsible for hope. So what you ingest and take in will determine how much hope you want in your life. It's the reality. Like he's, He can do it. I, I believe he can do it. He can, he can touch a person. Bam. But he's also looking going, do you want this? Do you want to live in such a way that trials come, persecution may come, temptation may come, but you're hope filled? You're responsible for building hope. And what I found is this to close. Hope keeps you awake in the power and the purity of Jesus. He is looking for a pure bride today. Done are the days of compromise because he's coming. And I stand here in the fear of the Lord and I'm like, oh, this wasn't even in my notes. But he's, I really feel like it's, it's hope. Like he's like, done are the days. Because when you, when you put your attention to hope, you actually become purified by him. You can't, you can't purify yourself, guys. You can't clean yourself up. You can't. It's, you've tried. Like, it's not gonna work. You can't do it. You need hope. You need him. First John 3 says this, see what, what great love the Father has lavished on us? Did you hear that? He's lavished great love on you. That we should be called children of God. Aren't you grateful you're sons and daughters? Are you grateful you're a son and a daughter of the King? And that is what we are. 
the reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, now we are children of God and what will be has not yet been made known. He's talking of the future life, the, the, the eternity, what we will be like. But he's saying, he reminds you, he said we're sons and daughters now. We know that much, right? But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. This is it. All who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. I read this verse two days ago. It was in my Bible reading plan for the year. And I fell on my knees. I said, Lord, I want to be such a person of hope. I don't want to just have wishful thinking and talk about it or conjure up a good message to oh, go live in hope. I want to be so pure of heart that I do actually experience supernatural hope. It's, it's in the purifications of ourselves unto him and with him that hope rises up in him. That the power of Jesus actually gets to come into our hearts, into our lives because, of, because we're set apart. You know, when you came to Jesus, you were set apart. You were, you were taken and you were set apart. Some of you are still trying to grab the dead man that's been buried and bring it with you. He's saying, no longer in this hour. I need a hope-filled church that's set apart, pure, blameless, fully put our attention to him and say, Lord, you are so pure and good that I want you and you alone. And watch, watch, watch hope rise. Is this okay? Like, I know this sounds like, if you feel in condemnation, that's not me. That might be the, that's probably the Holy Spirit. But I'm just telling you, like, I'm like, man, I want his heaven to come to earth. I want to, I'm not satisfied. Are you satisfied? I said, are you satisfied? Are you satisfied for what's happening in our city? Are you satisfied? Are you satisfied with what's happening in our schools? Are you satisfied with what's happening with our children? The ridiculousness that, I might go, I probably should light another candle and pray. I'm not satisfied. But as much as I say that, what's the, what's the response? I gotta get, I, got, I want you. Because when I have you, Hope rises up. When I have the right picture of you, hope begins to fill my heart. And when hope's in my heart, I then get to speak a life. I get to prophesy where there's death. I get to prophesy where there's dead bones. I get, I get to prophesy where, where Satan has been speaking death. I get, to, I, get to, I get to see heaven come and invade it because I, I know him. I'm set apart by him. I want to see hope rise in your lives. Amen? It's, it's a real thing. Beauty for ashes. That's what he's doing. Beauty for ashes. Joy instead of sorrow. Hope instead of fear today. Stay awake. It's time to get awake, church. It's time to get awake. Amen? Can you stand to your feet? First Peter 1, it says this, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope. Why don't you just close your eyes? I want to, I want to speak that scripture verse as a prayer. Pray, praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope. 
through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you. (laughs) That's the promise, church, over you today. Just hold your hands out to him, please. Just receive this. It's living hope today. You've been brought into a living hope, a hope that's alive. You've been brought into Christ. You're seated with Christ today. You're in Christ today. Fears leaving today. Anxieties leaving today. Hopes rising up today. Living hope come alive in us. Living hope come alive in us. Living hope over the darkest situations come alive right now. Living hope where hearts have been hardened come alive right now. Living hope where minds have been so distorted. Living hope come alive right now in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you that we are a part of you. you. We are in you. We are a part of a living hope that will never fade never perish, never run out. We hold on to you, Lord. So Lord, our prayer is today by your spirit, Holy Spirit, keep us awake. Keep us on guard. Let our lives be be true reflections and let our lives be true aroma that please you and honor you. We, We don't wanna fall asleep, Lord. So Lord, I pray for the sleeper, the one that is asleep, the one that feels like they can't get up. Lord, right now, I just thank you that you're waking them up right now. You're waking them up right now. You're you're bringing them to life, the living hope that that is who you are, that that's what we've been found in. You're waking them up right now. Thank you, Lord. Awaken us, Lord. Awaken us, Lord. Holy Spirit, awaken us. I pray homes would right now begin to be a place where hope dwells. I pray marriages right now would be a place where hope dwells. I pray our children right now would be, would be, would be vessels where, where your hope dwells. We pray over our city, Lord, that this would be a place where we see your hope rise up. Come on. I just feel the Lord burdening us just for a moment to pray for the city. Lord, we pray over the city, Lord. Let hope rise up. Would the hope of Jesus rise up? Would people that are asleep come, come, come to life? Be awoken today by the hope of Jesus. Jesus, would you rise up in this city, in this hour? We ask for your blood to come and cover over the city. The blood of Jesus, come and invade this place. And would we see this city come to life today, Lord? Hope rise up. Holy Spirit, keep us awake. Day by day. We love you, Lord, and we thank you with great anticipation in our hearts that you're coming back. Come on, just thank him for that. There's no fear. You're returning. And you're going to come back soon. And so we thank you, Lord, for your great return. And we thank you, Lord, with with great, great, great gratitude that you came. We love you. We honor you. And we bless you. And we ask this in Jesus' name. And everyone said? Come on, and everyone said? Amen. Come on, can we bless the Lord?